And now the gripping conclusion of episode 131. I give you episode 132 of Psychotherapy. That'll start right now. In the last episode, I talked about my mom and my wife. That's what I was talking about at the end. And I was telling the audience in the last one that I gave my mom my diploma for Christmas. She opened it, and I was remembering the times that were so difficult for both of us where uh, we were both crying when I had to go to school at, um, at special ed. Now, I want you to realize something, because I'm still a man of an age where toughness was important. So if you think that Jet cries, well... Come to my house. <laughs> Toxic masculinity? Sure, okay, whatever. It's got its purpose. But um, I was very young. And uh, the point of that story was not to threaten you, but it was that it was very hard. And from that statement I just made, you can tell how hard it is for me to talk about it. School was torture, uh, emotionally, physically, and mentally. And now I have that piece of paper that two years ago when I told you guys that you could change everything. I said, you can change everything. And I listened to that episode recently. I said, you can do, be, have anything you want if you start now. And pay $9.99 or the $95. Whatever that is, $9 million. I'm not selling you anything. But here's the point. You could have changed everything during COVID, like I said. It was the very beginning of COVID. I said, this is a bonus year. This is Groundhog's Day. Go back to my episodes. This is a time where you can do and be the things you couldn't before because we have this hiatus. That's what I meant by Groundhog's Day, is that you had this do-over. What I chose to do was become a professional screenwriter to a higher degree. I was already doing that a little bit, but I chose to do it in a much larger sense. And uh, I went back to school. And that was almost two years ago. And now I have my degree. What do you have? What do you have to show for the things that you could have done since then? Some of you, I know one of my listeners has a master's degree. I'm sure some of my listeners have lost weight or had a child or gotten a better job or done something else remarkable that I can't even think of. So for you guys, here, take this. That's right. You know that guy who goes, wow, wow. It sounds like he's on a loop, but no, he just, he times it well. But for those of you who are in the same place, I want you to know that you didn't leverage time. Mm, let's say that I graduated high school a long time ago. And let's say since then I got my associate's degree in there somewhere. And let's say there's a lot of emotional pressure on me to get a higher degree by myself, you know, inflicted by myself, even though school was as difficult as I said in the last episode. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, stop this episode right now. I'll give you a chance and go back to 131 because this one does not make sense without that one. So go back to the future. <laughs> anyway, so it was the hardest thing for me. Let's put it that way. The hardest thing for me to do was to go to school. I mean, fly under my own power, sure, but no one else has done that, so Batman, Superman, all those guys, they are, uh... well, Batman and Superman were very different. Superman's power was being an alien, and Batman's power was wealth, so if the stock market dove, he'd be less powerful, and so I guess that was his kryptonite, uh, poor portfolios. That would have been a boring movie. School was the hardest thing for me. What's the hardest thing for you? I told you I went to special ed. I told you about what my schooling was like. I was set in a library and put in a corner. I was the, uh, I don't know how to say it. It wasn't the least intelligent because you're listening to me and I probably am not the least intelligent person you've ever heard, but I was the most challenged speller in the entire 
community college system. And a certain year, I scored zero on the Department of Rehab test, which was not like rehabilitation in the drug sense, but uh, I guess rehabilitating students that had difficulties. And I told you in another episode, I got a zero on one of the tests. And so I was I was the lowest part of the curve for spelling at one point in the community college system. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I'm, uh, I'm the best. Five stars. So it was, it was tough. And so going back to a thing that had rejected me, a thing that I had seen abuse, a thing that put me in a corner like solitary confinement, a thing that made it so that the young version of me had night terrors and cried, a place where I was called stupid even though I tried harder than anyone, a place where they were inflexible and would not do anything for a person who had no control over their learning disability, a torture factory that kills dreams and makes people into automatons to go into the corporate world to waste their lives. You just go into a corporation and they've taught you how to listen to a person who's bigger than you just by a title. They teach you how to take orders just by a title. So they take you and they they have a teacher who tells you what to do and you cannot question. And they put you into a factory where you have a boss who tells you what to do and you can't say anything. They turn you into a drone. That is what the education system does. I want to make that clear. They think they're progressive. They think they're liberal. They are not either of those things. They turn people into drones who serve a machine. And they pretend they don't. Am I fair enough to teachers? But you know, it's like a prisoner not liking prison guards. A cat not liking dogs. What do you want me to do? They were horrible to me. And here's the funny thing. I had a pretty good teacher in in screenwriting. But even this last go at school, 80%. I want to say 90, but I'm horrible at percentages. Thankfully, I didn't have to take math during this go uh, for my business degree. Yeah, one or two out of the many teachers I've had in the last two years were not terrible. The other ones were terrible. One of them wanted to give me a lower grade because they thought that was a lesson I needed because I was going to get 100%. And they're like, well, I think you need to know what it's like not to get 100%. And I almost told you guys what my real age is, but just let's say that I've taken enough turns around the sun to know what it's like not to get 100%. Failing second grade, being put in special ed, and having a 1.2 in high school, I know what it's like not to get a 100%, okay? Whew. But they're horrible. They were horrible. Most of them were horrible. One of these guys, he did a Zoom class. He was hung over every time. He didn't show up half the time. And he didn't care. And no one can call him out on it because he had tenure. He had a girlfriend over once who was in the background. This guy's like 60-something. And he was a slob. And he would just spew nonsense and he made us read an entire book this is college level stuff right we're paying for this he taught us nothing this is 2021 uh man i've gone off again (laughs) but you know it's okay because i want you guys to hear this right for those of you who haven't gone to school recently who are my age this is what's out there now listen I i should preface i have an aunt who got her master's degree from usc and i'm sure this is not her experience now my school was a private school and it's prestigious and all that stuff. I'm not going to tell you where it is. But it was a it was a good school. It wasn't USC, though. And my cousin, ingrateful, ungrateful, infamous, infamous cousin who goes to NYU. Yeah, like $74,000 a year. And uh, she's gone two years. So my uncle spent over $100,000. And she's taking, she's taking a break. But that school also tried to get people to take drama uh, online and pay the same amount so again horrible institutions harvard took money 
from COVID. Guys, I'm sorry. I've gone off on a tangent. The point was how much stuff I've done this year. And and it should not be. <laughs> it's too late. It should not be how much I hate the education system. Well, you know what? I shouldn't call it the education system. I should call it the indentured servant system because that's what they're trying to get you to do. They're trying to get you to work for a corporation so you can buy a house, so you can have a mortgage. So you're working for your mortgage and you're working for the company and you drive a car that you can't afford to a place you have to go because your car and your house that you can never leave because you were taught that's what you're supposed to do at school. That is what it is. I could write a book about this and now that I have a degree and all that fanciness, yeah, maybe I could. It needs to change, but we're talking about what I did this year. So all those things I just said, right? And I took money out of my pocket and it was 10 hours a day of me working and my wife proofing. Uh, a lot of this was writing because my degree was in business and in um, screenwriting, you know, film. So two years of this, even though I hate it that much, there is what you should hear. Everything I just said, if you can't relate, you don't understand it or you're a teacher and you think I'm the worst, that's fine because who cares what you think? <laughs> so let's say you are that. Yeah, so all of that to say that I did it. Right? Listen to that part. If you hated everything I just said, that's cool. Because what do you hate that much that you would then go do? And I'm not trying to stroke my ego or, or pat myself on the back. This was almost impossibly difficult. And it put a strain on our relationship. Gene and I did and went nowhere when we were in Mammoth, both times last year and this year. Our favorite trip, the only trip we take, camping. You know, we've never been on a uh, commercial aircraft together. We've been together over 15 years. On our only vacation, we were working only on school, right? I did that thing I hate that much. And I put up with those people I hate that much. That's the lesson. I couldn't help but be passionately angry at them. And... I did it. So if you only kind of hate going to the gym to keep yourself from having a heart attack, cack, 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 like Billy Joel would say, Billy Joe, Billy Joe is Green Day. Billy Joel is Piano Man. Yeah. So if your doctor says go to the gym or you'll die and you didn't do that and you don't hate it as much as I had school, it's an excuse and you're lazy. Right? Or you've always wanted to look, be, do, have these things. And I mean always. You know what's interesting? I was talking to a woman yesterday who's 72 years old. She has been seeing the same thing since I've known her. And uh, I've known her 17 years. And when I talked to her loved ones, she's been saying the same thing since she was in her 20s. The same excuses she had in her 20s, she has at 72 years old. And I put my hand to my head like in Home Alone, you know, uh, Macaulay Culkin, sidetrack sorry so she has the same problems and the same promises and the same delays and the same i will do it tomorrow attitude as she did in her 20s she's 72 i talked to another guy recently not another guy this was a woman but i talked to a, a man recently within the last couple of days he's 78 years old and he said this is the best year of his life now, the only reason I mentioned both of those is because I thought that was pretty cool. I was talking to this one person who was 72, and they literally lived a life of quiet desperation. And not quiet if you knew them, but quiet in the sense that they don't affect a lot of people. And this other person who had come to a mental place where this is the best year of their life at 78, and I thought that was awesome. Now, you're thinking that's too late to have your best year. No, it's not. <laughs> no, too late is never. You get that? So if you are from 1 to 92... 
Though it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. So, 1 to 92. My grandmother's like 91. Did she fall off that song? <laughs> Never having that is a, is a crime. It is a, it is a capital offense against yourself. You know how hard it was for me to go to school because I couldn't help but spew the venom of my hatred for that place. If I had bitten you, you would have had to have gone to the hospital because I have the venom of a rattler. So that's how much I hated it, and I did it. I never liked editing, film editing. It was too difficult. But uh, 14 years ago, nothing I was doing, producing, acting in was getting done, so I learned how to edit. I'm not a great editor. I've been doing it for 14 years. I do it all the time. I'm not great at sound. I'm the best person I know at sound. I'm not the bass. I'm not the bass player for any band. I want you to know that sidetrack. But yeah, just so you know, bump, 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 bump. Never played the bass. What I meant to say is, I'm not the best cinematographer, photographer, writer. I'm none of those things. I'm better than most now because I've been doing it forever, writing since I was 13 every night in a journal. But I stuck with them, and. I'm actually really glad I said all those things I did about teachers in the education system because, as I've reiterated many times, but remember, I'm competing with you guys in your car, so there's traffic, there's your kids yelling at you, there's, I don't know, a juggalo that you're dating and he's very distracting, or she, or non-gender binary, whoever they are, but a juggalo, a person who loves the insane clown posse, you know, a juggalo. So you have a juggalo to deal with, so I have to repeat myself because of the juggalo. I am happy I got so passionate about that because it was illustrative of me conquering my fears. I didn't want to do stand-up. I had every excuse in the book. And I said for 10 years to my wife, blah, 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 blah. I finally did it and I conquered that. And I've told you before, but I'll say it again because some of you are new. The difference between not being a stand-up and being a stand-up was 30 seconds. It's exactly how much time it took me from sitting in the audience to standing up and doing it on the mic, and I changed my life forever because I had conquered one of my greatest fears. Now, to be honest, it's theatrical to say that jumping out of a plane was one of my greatest fears. I was afraid of heights. Yeah, who isn't, right? <laughs> being afraid of heights is like being afraid of death. Uh, but even if you're bold and you're not afraid of a lot, your mind, your human ego, which is a defense mechanism half the time, so there is a good side to it, keeps you from going off the edge because uh, you'll die. And that's bad if you're into preserving your life, which your human body wants to. So, yes, I conquered my fear of heights by jumping out of a plane, but doing stand-up was harder. Because I had denied it for so long that I had built it into this mountain. There's this thing that all of us want to do, and for me, I can't think of it right now, but I will. And I can't think of it because over the last couple of years, I've been conquering all my fears. And uh, if you saw me in my little office in my backyard, you wouldn't think, there's a hero. I can't think of a lot of fears that I haven't gone after. And remember, life is in the seconds. So I say I finished school. Some of you remember me talking about how hard that decision was two years ago. But for those of you who don't, life is measured in the seconds. That felt miserable for me for two solid years. Right now, for you, it's like two seconds. That's a montage in a movie. Rocky went from sucking to being great. 
in, you know, whatever it was, six minutes with music playing. That's not life. And if you think that is life, uh, you better think again, because it's not how it happens. Heroes are made in the seconds. Heroes are made in the people who lace up their shoes and do the thing. The person who, listening to this or for some other reason, went to a website that they had to Google to find a school, uh, which is hard to do because it's a bunch of manipulation out there for profit, and they they went to class and they put down the money, even though they're a mother. Let's say they're a single mother because that makes it more dramatic. Let's say they're a soldier and they lost one of their limbs because that makes it even better. And let's say they're a minority. So this minority soldier, handicapable individual who has many children, she, that's right, she went back to school and you didn't. And she exists because there's a lot of people out there and I'll find her. I won't. She'll find me or not. <laughs> but the point is she did it. This real person who I just described, eight children. She didn't eat them. I want to make that clear. Not eight is in the past tense of eat, but she had children, has lots of children. She's handicapped. She's a war hero. And, uh, you know, she's a minority. So she was able to do this, and you are you are not. Not not able. You're able, but you're making excuses. Now, it may seem like I'm mocking this person that I just made up, but I'm not. I'm saying that there's someone who has a harder time than that. I could name one person, but my sister-in-law is, uh, she has cerebral palsy. Severe. They said she wouldn't be able to walk, and she proved them wrong. But her walking is very difficult. And I don't like talking about her because I have a lot of respect for her. And, you know, she wouldn't talk about this. But anyway, I didn't tell you her name. She has a master's degree. She's traveled more internationally and nationally than I have. She owns a home. She gets things done. She has done more than I have. And every day she does more in a day as far as heroic action than I do in a year. So the person I made up is an example of an avatar that exists that should shatter your excuses. Now, I was using myself with how much I hate school and the fact that I went back, but I don't want it to just be me. You know someone who's done more with less. Let's put it that way. You know, they're not celebrated. That person I mentioned, I hope she's celebrated. <laughs> she checks all the boxes. But uh, I almost said her name. My wife's sister, who has done incredible things, is not. Most of the real heroic actions are done in the dark, you know. Those people who you know, who every day have a struggle and they don't complain. And they don't have a show devoted to their complaints like me. But maybe that's you. And uh, maybe you need to hear that you're incredible, you're unstoppable, and I appreciate what you're doing. And so does this audience. Everyone appreciates what you're doing. And we feel for you. And, and I mean it. And you may be thinking, how do you have all those things? How do you feel? And how does your audience feel uh, when I can't even see you? Just trust me. We do. And I'm giving you the energy I have right now to do the thing you've always wanted to because you deserve it. So that is going to do it for me on today's episode. On the next episode, I start off telling you how this all came about, how, believe it or don't, back in 2017, I weighed 209 pounds. Now I weigh about 158. How I told people even back then, before I did the show, hey, I'm going to change all this stuff in my life. Come along with me. And that's what I've done since episode one of this program. And 
I've stayed true to that because I knew it was possible. Even though I didn't have the answers when I started, I knew that if I worked hard enough, I'd find the answers. And that sounds cliche and it sounds lame or it sounds like whatever it does to you, but it's true. And I do a far deeper dive into that in the next episode. But the reason I'm separating them is two reasons. One, that I truly believe that by separating them, I get more focus. I get an ability from you to engage in a way you wouldn't otherwise. And then number two, it's because I want to have more episodes because I didn't do enough episodes this year. And for selfish reasons, I want to have more episodes because I'm weird and that means something to me. So either way, for whatever reason, please listen to the next episode. I know it's a three-part series so far. Who knows? It could be 10. I thank you so much, and I will talk to you next time in a few moments. Thanks.